and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward in the virtual Sales Chat Show studio today. As always, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is entitled, Will Your Sales Survive the Long-Term Effect of COVID-19. Now, as regular listeners to the sales chat show will know, we are always keeping our eyes and ears open, looking for research and information to share with you that'll be helpful or maybe in certain cases challenge you. So I want to share with you on this episode some, some thoughts inspired by a piece of research from McKinsey. The research is entitled, These Eight Charts Show How COVID-19 Has Changed B2B Sales Forever. That was published on the October the 14th for you. Uh, Now, we recorded a um, previous episode of the sales chat show where we asked, has COVID-19 meant we've seen the end of the field sales force? And some of the McKinsey data will be very interesting. But Graham, you, you led the uh, conversation on that episode. Could you just give us a, just give us a summary of what we kind of discussed and predicted when we did that episode and then we can compare that to to what we've got from McKinsey. Yeah that episode came out of a conversation I'd had with a neighbor about uh, uh, some sales that were happening for a company they were dealing with and the the people there had had worked out that actually since uh, the lockdown uh, they'd been selling uh, quite well without their field sales force and actually their customers preferred to deal with them online rather than through the field sales force. And so we were debating then, uh, what have you got to do as a member of the field sales force? You're probably, your job's going to change. Uh, so rather than going out, you're probably going to be doing a lot more online. And that's what we were suggesting people needed to think about. And it's good to see that McKinsey has finally caught up with the sales <laughs> chat show. And three months later, published data that shows that we were right all well, along. There we, there we go. Talk about having your finger on the pulse, folks. Uh, before we, uh, before we get too carried away with our uh, future prediction abilities, um, let me. But, but quite seriously, um, let, let's look at this McKinsey data. So I've got some of the main points here. So it shows that three quarters of buyers and sellers say they now prefer digital self serve and remote human engagement over face-to-face selling which is a which is a significant significant shift i think and only 20 percent of b2b buyers say they hope to return to -to face-to-face say interactions with suppliers and that's even in traditional industries such as pharmaceutical and medical where they've historically traditionally face-to-face has has predominated so you know why ease of scheduling reduction in travel expenses and safety has come out 
And also, um, when companies were asked, so um, the question was, how effective is your company's new sales model at reaching and serving customers? Uh, 75% were seeing it as effective. So 75% of the companies doing the selling are seeing it as effective, and the buyers are saying that they like it. So I guess the question for everybody, and we'll, we will explore this, is what does that mean in terms of our mindset and our attitudes towards how we sell and interact, our skill set? and maybe our tool set as we think about what we need to be doing if you're a sales manager, sales leader, empowering your sales team, enabling your sales team, but also as individual sellers. What does this mean to the way we need to be thinking? Because this is, I think, what we maybe thought thought maybe the early days of the COVID situation was this is something we're doing temporarily while we wait to just go back to the way we were previously and we'll all go driving around and flying around this data is saying exactly the opposite this change is is going to become a a permanent so gentlemen your your thoughts what does this mean for sales leaders sales managers phil well i i'm uh, uh, getting very used to watching breakfast tv in this new world and the number of times that various government ministers and experts pop up um, in a remote uh, environment that is totally unsuitable to uh, what they're trying to put over. This morning, for example, uh, I have witnessed a government minister uh, who is sat next to his toaster, and uh, I'm not quite sure the toaster in the kitchen is the right image. And on another part of the broadcast, Uh, An expert was accompanied by his impatient son who just wanted to get into the camera shot. So I think uh, the first contribution I would make is that uh, as salespeople, we should all be asking ourselves, uh, am I coming over in the right way? Am I uh, conveying the right image or do I run the risk with my slippers on and my pajama bottoms in uh, creating in creating an impression that is going to backfire in some sort of way, shape, or form. Yeah, because as uh, I've got a piece of um, piece of research which uh, was published, I found it in the um, Harvard Business Review. So it was a, it was it's not specifically about sales, but I think it's worth just maybe throwing it in in case it's useful. So about video conferencing preferences. So people were shown against three different backgrounds, wearing three different clothing colors and dressed in three different types of clothing. And participants are asked to choose which of those helped the speaker to appear the most authentic, trustworthy, innovative, and as an expert. And virtual in virtual settings, most people care more about the background. The background was more important than, than clothing. Uh, type and clothing color although those did also matter um so so a background that was genuine um bookshelves came out quite well art pictures came out quite well what got the massive thumbs down was virtual backdrops so the uh, the ubiquitous golden gate bridge that hovers in the in the background um clothing color neutral colors were preferable unless you're trying to uh, make yourself come across as innovative and smart 
sort of sorry, uh, business casual, not smart casual. Business casual seemed to be the uh, the the favourite choice. So uh, mm. casual, casual, kind of getting the thumbs down from most of those. And where did toasters? toasters um, let me just have a look. Uh, what do people want to see in the room? Having actually Phil, having a toaster room. makes you incredibly uh, authoritative. No, it doesn't. I'm joking. No. <laughs> I'm joking. It's probably useful if you want to do a pop-up broadcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh no, that's not. But very good. But the the fascinating thing is that none of these things actually talked about what the participant, sorry, what the person was talking about. This is all impression management. So none of this is new. No. There, there was a. St- done by the bbc well it might not have been by the bbc but it was about the bbc uh, i can't remember it must be 25 years ago where the the problem was the the weather broadcasts so the the people were complaining that the weather was always wrong and of course the met office who were doing the weather at the bbc at that time knew that their forecasting for the next 24 hours was 98% accurate so actually they were their broadcasts were completely accurate apart from a few minor things here and there um but the public thought they were always wrong even though they were nearly always right and so they wanted to work out why what was it in their broadcast that made people think they were wrong and so they did a study and they got some people and so these people were primed they were told immediately the weather is finished we are going to phone you and ask you to say what the weather said you know what was the weather that you've just been told so these people are primed to remember what they've just been told so therefore they should be able to repeat it back and uh all that they could remember was they didn't like the colour of the dress that the weather forecast was mm, wearing. Amazing. There you right. go. So I think that is is for us that we would, in a traditional face-to-face setting, we would all, as sales professionals, give consideration to appropriate yeah. clothing and how we come across and all of that impression management. Let's yep. make sure we transfer that same degree of preparation to the virtual environment because – it is not going away anytime soon, so people may need to give some consideration to how they organise, where they work from home. Obviously, within some constraints, people have, but you know, it, I think settle in, settle in for the long haul here, folks, on that, and make sure that environment is is going to be conducive for you as, as best you're able. On your, just on your uh, headline today, Simon, about the. Um, uh, buyers and sellers preferring this new digital reality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do we know from this piece of research why buyers prefer this new way of working? Because there's going to be a huge difference, isn't there, between is it more efficient for them, or does it mean that they're not exposed to irritating salespeople taking up their? Uh, yes, it does. It's a slightly different uh, argument, isn't it? Yeah, it, it says. It says. I, I just mentioned that the, it just have a little sidebar that says ease of shed, scheduling, saving on travel expenses, and obviously safety. I think at the moment was seen as a was seen as a key driver. Um, I would. I would. I think the ease of scheduling might might give it. It doesn't say this, but it might give an indication that it is just easier. It's more convenient. It's more efficient. I mean, I would. 
you know, we buy a lot of stuff in our house, as many people do from Amazon. You know, it's just such an easy way to do your shopping, mm. you know. And, and we've certainly discussed on, you know, we discussed on uh, previous episodes, you know, if you want to know where B2B selling is going, look at B2C, you know, which we're, we're going to pick up on another episode we're recording today. Um, and, you know, it, it just looks like it's actually quite easy. But I think your point's quite valid it's probably easier to get rid of if, if I invite Phil Jessen in for a face-to-face meeting and Mr. Jessen just talks at me about how great his product is. It's harder for me to physically end a meeting than it is to get to get shot of you in a, in a video. I could just, I'm really sorry, Phil, I've got a hard stop at 11.15. I need to be, I need to be gone. So yeah, it probably you can, you can get rid of bad salespeople easier as well, I guess, which is, um, those are all justifications for the psychology of it. Fire away. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bit like when people make a purchase. Uh, they justify their purchase, but actually they've made the decision to buy on an emotional basis a long time before they make their, their justification. And so actually the, the whole online system allows what's called psychological convenience. So this isn't about it being more convenient. This is about the psychological convenience of your brain having to make less effort. So that what happens in a face-to-face situation, your brain is having to make much more effort than it does have to make online. And so consequently, you've got, you know, you've got to concentrate on what the person is saying to you. You've got to concentrate on the relationship you're having with that person. You've got to concentrate on the information. You may be writing things down. Your brain is doing a lot more work in a face-to-face situation than it is in an online sales situation. So you, there's a bit of your brain that's about your survival instinct. It's trying to preserve as much energy in your body as possible. So it's always looking for that psychological convenience of committing less effort. And so actually everybody's brain is preferring online buying because it creates less effort in the brain and your body instinctively is going, that's better than the other way I used Mm. to do it. So people are wanting to do this because their base instincts is driving them towards that psychological convenience. And then having made that decision instinctively, they're now justifying it by saying, oh, it's about safety or it's about you know, access to information or whatever, you know, those are the justifications. The real reason is it's psychological convenience. There's less effort to do this. Yeah, and I, I guess if you are a buyer um, about to welcome a face-to-face salesperson into your building, you, you are very much the host. You are hosting the salesperson, meeting them in reception, giving them a coffee when you get to your office and all of that stuff and i suppose the uh the the new remote world is almost like uh, uh it's the reverse of that isn't it they're, they're not the host anymore they're just having a very casual chat yeah. so i think it's a question i think for all of the all of our listeners is you know what skill sets do you need to be adapting and transferring you know for we've been doing a lot of work with clients on remote negotiation and also selling and some some interesting research from negotiation was that negotiators who were who were told to make five minutes of small talk conversation before going into a virtual negotiation situation, got better um, commercial outcomes, and also both parties felt more uh, psychologically happier about the outcomes than than people just went straight in. So remember all the things that we know work, which are about establishing that sense of emotional connection and, and rapport before we launch through. So don't don't I've, I've seen quite a few sellers they just seem to have forgotten that bit. 
and they sort of rush they rush straight in without things so you know that's just adaption of the existing skill set there's um when i first started managing teams virtually across a number of countries i was introduced to the two times rule when you're managing people virtually two times more communication two times more checking for clarity you know uh two times more discipline two times more listening so you just got to you know raise your game i think from a from a skill set point of view and also yeah we've we've recorded an episode called are you making this fatal remote selling mistake which will help you to understand more about the importance of video in in remote selling so i think that probably comes down to tool set as well so making sure that you're you're in a good you're in a good place from that point of view as well uh other other thoughts what do we think needs to change guys about the way people might be doing it now based upon what we're seeing from this this data like a lot of things to do with the internet it's attitude so people need to change their attitude this it this isn't something that you is going to be kind of an add-on to your business this is central to your business it's central to your success and i've been banging on about that for years and you know still even now something like 45 percent of businesses still don't have a website you know it's just ridiculous well yeah wake up yeah the world's well, changed because that, that is worrying because if, if that that's three quarters of buyers and sellers saying they prefer digital self-serve right people want to find things out self-serve if your business is not doing that then you are going to be missing out on sales full stop. I mean, you've been saying this well before COVID anyway, you know, 70, 80% of information buyers now use to make decisions. They discover themselves. So have you got those things available for your buyers to discover or as well that you've got it for your salespeople to be able to provide to buyers when they, when they need it. So if I'm selling to Phil and Phil says, can you send me some information? So I'll tell you what, Phil, let me just share my screen, for example. Let me just show you this information. Oh, by the way, Phil, let me just, I've just sent that to you in the chat. If you just want to download that or email, I've emailed it across to you. They, you need to have that sort of thing at your fingertips. Like back in the old days, you just, have you got any more information? Here we are, Phil, here's a leaflet. And you can do it professionally. Your preparation, I think, your digital preparation, your remote selling preparation has to be as slick and as efficient as it, it maybe was when you were face-to-face, yeah. you know. There's still too many businesses thinking this is kind of an add-on. Yeah. You know, I get retailers coming to me saying, oh, dear, it's all Amazon's fault. And I'm going, well, you should have been doing it 25 years ago as well. Yeah. It's too late. We're not, we're not yeah. saying Amazon is not causing problems and challenges, but, you know, don't sit, don't just sit there and, uh, you know, do nothing, I think, is the worrying, is the worrying thing. I think for sales leaders, sales managers, you've got to be thinking now about longer-term management of your people in this new remote selling environment. So I think you might need to look at what you're measuring, what how you're targeting. You know, looking at lead and lag indicators that you 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 know might have been appropriate for a field sales force, but might be very very different for um, you know managing people remotely over longer longer periods of time. So if, if I was a salesperson um, selling engineering components that normally I might handle and demonstrate when I'm face-to-face, uh, in that scenario, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging the buyer across the desk to use other senses. They are going to use the sense of touch. Uh, they are providing the 
engineering piece, let, let's assume it smells of engineering oil or something, mm -hmm. um, then they are deploying their sense of smell. And then, of course, uh, remotely, um, that's not going to happen. So for our listeners who are selling a product that they would normally handle and demonstrate, what do you think they should be doing? Well, online carpet shops have been doing this for years. They send out samples. You just go online and say, I want samples of, and they send you a little swatch of samples of carpet. So you no longer have to visit the carpet shop to get the touch, the feel, the smell of the carpet. You can have it sent to your home. So engineering companies need to think in the same way. Uh, and maybe uh, one of the things they need to do um, following that line of thinking is to make sure that the uh, the customer or the prospect has got the sample in their hands before that zoom call goes in yep. rather than right. doing it late in the day and you, you could also you know we could also have a um a hybrid model which might be around there may be certain parts of certain people's sales processes that might be more effective still back in face to face but you have to plan for that so your sales process will be you know 99% of it might be conducted remotely but there might be something where a test or a trial has to be done or something that they they will need in the future be on site but i think we're moving away from the default that everything has to be a face to face so you have to think probably about your sales process and where where that can be done remotely and if there are elements that can't be how are you going to handle those going going forwards? But I have to say, you, I'd start with going. Let's let's see what we can do to do everything virtually and remotely because that's what the buyers are saying. You know, not all of them, okay, but but the vast majority. You know, yeah. I mean, the, I don't know if you've heard of it. There's a, a quite successful company called Apple. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but they have these things called Apple stores. And those Apple stores, hardly anybody buys anything there. It's all about touching and feeling and experimenting and having demos. And then everybody buys their products online. Um, but if I was an engineering company and I needed people to touch and feel my things, I'd have a shop where I would have my salespeople in the shop. I may be business to business. The only visitors are going to be business visitors. I'm not going to have any, a retail center. I'd have it on a business park somewhere. And then I would do all the online stuff. And then they come and they, they just come to a showroom and see the samples and touch them. Well, I think I think you know we we we've just got to be looking at things very very differently. I was watching, uh, I was watching some um, some program on, um, on on television. I very rarely watch live live television but i was watching a game of uh, football with my son and there was an advert for a company that sells cars online entirely now they don't they don't even they've dispensed with test drives completely and you've got to go yeah. i'd have probably you know if you said to me is that possible four or five years ago i said no nah, people are always going to want to people are always going to want to come and actually see see the car well not everybody not everybody does you know they I bought a car online just like that over 20 years ago. And you know, why wasn't the motor in There were people doing it 20 years ago. Why has the motor industry taken 20 years to do this? It's ridiculous. Well, some of it's a mindset, isn't it? You know, you kind of think that, you know. And also, uh, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, this doesn't feel right, this doesn't feel comfortable, it's not about whether we like it. It's about what the customers like and the way the customers are because, you know, this 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 data is suggesting incredibly strongly this is going to be the way it's going to be. So I think, you know, mindset, I think Graham's point around attitude has got to come has got to come first. So this is not a temporary pause in how we do selling. Uh, for, this for, is how we're going to do selling. 
from from the look of it, uh, you know, this is about habits, isn't it? As much as yeah. anything else, the uh, the buying community have got into the habit of working this way, and it will stick. They will not want to change that habit, and uh, that's uh, you know th- that that's where the new world is. So I think you know, as as we come to a come to a close, folks. Give some thoughts to your current skill set and capability with regards to working like this. Definitely think about that attitudinal mindset piece because you know you might need to consider some of your beliefs. Uh, you know, we've got some different data now. We might, need to, and if we've got different data, we need to you know change change those beliefs about what's going to be possible. And also have a look at your tool set. Have you got the things at your fingertips you need to be able to self serve, but also as an organization, but also to have to hand as a as a sales professional so that you can really do do the right thing so uh, yeah phil closing thoughts um i think if i was a sales and marketing director um one of the things that i would be doing um at my next sales meeting brackets remotely probably brackets is i would be working with the team to draw a timeline and map out every single touch point of the customer or prospects experience with the organization and work with the team to say well across all of these touch points and bearing in mind the new reality uh, what do we need to carry on doing and what now needs to change in this new digital environment and to uh, map the thing out so if the whole process has got 15 touch points for example uh, you'd need to go through every single one to make sure you've got that covered off and uh, as part of the strategy for the future. Fantastic. And Mr. Jones, closing thoughts. Just stop faffing about and get on with it. The world's changed. <laughs> I think he's he's having one of his grumpy days, Phil. He's, he's, he's sitting there, isn't he, going, I've been saying this for the last 20 years. Yeah. Finally, you're all paying attention because of COVID. Well, he, was, he, he thought he would be on a cruise today. That's what's gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But, yeah, it it's uh, – and I forget, I think it was um, – I think it was uh, it was an American. I think it was an American military guy. He said, "If you think change is hard, he said you won't like being obsolete, even less." So I think um, let's let's make sure we raise our game, folks. So thanks very much, Mr. Graham Jones, Phil Jesson. I'm Simon Hazeldean for the Sales Chat Show. An absolute vast library of sales wisdom and then some silly bits as well from us at saleschatshow.com or from wherever you get your podcasts it's been a pleasure we would just like to wish you good luck and good virtual stroke remote selling You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 